0: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: I'm Viosaf and I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, Love at, first at first listen. listen.
3: Avido, Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of
2: Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie, because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important
4: to diversify your financial portfolio.
5: Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against
4: inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company
5: Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today
4: at 866-691-2173.
5: Or visit buylegacygold.com. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Deborah Mark.
6: Hey, Ken.
5: They forced me to read that.
6: Uh huh. Well, I like it.
5: I am a hostage on this program.
6: You are my good friend, too.
5: Yeah, I got the same
6: note.
5: Not your buddy, John's your buddy. I know you two like to steal away in the hallway. Why can't
6: you? Why? Why can't you be my buddy as well? Yeah, I can have more than one buddy here. You know,
5: Eric's your buddy too, right?
6: Yeah. Okay, so I can have more than two.
5: Coming up in about 15 minutes, another keyword that you just enter at the website, kfiam640.com. And when you go to kfiam640.com, a big banner with Handel's head. Inflation vacation drops down, and you enter the keyword, and you could be a winner of $1,000. We do it at $420. we will do it again at 520 A lot to get to this hour, another story concerning LAPD and a lawsuit. We talked last hour about a lawsuit by the family of a man who was killed by a homeless guy in the Beverly Grove neighborhood of LA. This hour, it's gonna be about the LAPD officer who died a training accident. They just uh, had a big funeral for him last week, which was pretty emotional, but there's a lawsuit against LAPD concerning his death. And it looks like LAPD had a response today. But we start with a story that broke last night and it's another horrible, horrible situation. Uh, At least 48 bodies of migrants were found in the back of a tractor trailer on a road in San Antonio. We're going to bring on Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, who's covering the story and can give us more detail.
7: Hey there, Ken. Yeah, and the the number's been going up today. Uh, First, it went up to 50, now up to 51 migrants uh, who have died, uh, who were in the back uh, of the, the big rig. And... Uh, Homeland Security and ICE, uh, they just sent over a statement uh, right now confirming Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras uh, is uh, where the the victims so far that they know that they uh, were from. But it was a refrigerated truck, no working cooling in it, no air holes, no water in the back, and began as a call that came in as somebody who saw a body in the road, heard cries for help, called 911. Firefighters arrived believing it was going to be somebody who was down having a medical emergency and then they opened up the back of the big rig and it it described, the fire chief called it stacks of bodies who were back there and he just told us uh, this a few minutes ago.
8: Those people suffered, the the heat was torrential, Uh, there was no air in that vehicle, there was no water, the A.C. was not running.
7: Uh, All the the dead at that time, 46, uh, they were all adults uh, and then there were Sixteen more, some of them who have since died, who they they found adults and children barely alive. They were gasping for air. They were suffering from heat stroke. Uh, And the the way that uh, some of the uh, emergency responders put it today, even the survivors were close to death in that moment. And basically in the heat, 103 degrees outside, think of your car in weather like that, put 100 people in there with you and basically, not to get too gruesome, but it was described to us by the rescuers that their internal organs were cooking in that moment. Listen to the radio call when firefighters got there, Broadcastify. they open up the back, and here's what they found.
3: We're going to start sorting through the ones that are currently breathing. Uh, None of them are able to talk as of yet, but we do have a lot of uh, snoring respirations. I can count at least ten that are
8: that have snoring respirations.
7: Snoring respirations. They sounded like they were snoring because they were on the verge of death and then barely breathing and, uh, and and not breathing very well. Um, and they found other bodies nearby the truck, people who escaped somehow and tried to crawl out and then died there. So this has immediately become a federal investigation, HSI, Homeland Security Investigation. They're working it today. Three people were taken into custody and a few other details that, that we just got the police chief telling us today that one of the three they believe is the driver who was seen running away and they got 911 calls and then they went and arrested him and now he's in federal custody the other two we don't know their relation to it and one last part of this and we had heard rumors of this but the fire chief says yes the smell of meat tenderizer was so strong when they went in there they believe the suspects put meat tenderizer on the bodies to try to bring down the smell of oh. those bodies before they ran away. And they say even 24 hours later, that smell of meat tenderizer, so strong that they think maybe that truck had meat tenderizer because they had been carrying meat before. And they're assuming that, but uh, it appears that they sprinkled or poured meat tenderizer on those bodies, hoping that would cover up the smell and you know, they'd have including, a little more time to get away.
5: But including the people that were still alive in there? Yeah. I mean,
7: apparently it was what? just kind of put on the whole group. They were barely alive. They they weren't moving. They couldn't communicate. They they couldn't do a whole lot. And right now, HSI, they don't know, one, how long they had been in there. None of the victims can speak uh, who are alive, and there aren't many of them anymore. Uh, and they don't know, you know. Really, uh, was the refrigerator ever working in the back? Uh, did the driver go back? Was the door ajar, which allowed some people to crawl out and then die? But was the door ajar because did the the driver notice something wasn't right? Pull over on the rural road and then open up the back. Freak out, right. put meat tenderizer on everybody, and then run away. Seems like the most likely scenario, but they really don't know. Uh, this is the the mayor of uh, of San Antonio tonight.
3: We are dealing with a horrific human tragedy. So I would urge you all to think compassionately and pray for the deceased, the ailing, the families.
7: So again, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and even if they do have the driver, typically in these cases, a driver was hired uh, to drive across the border. That They're not the ones organizing it. They're not the 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 smuggling organization but maybe they can then begin hsi can begin to try to to trace it back but a lot of this probably a lot of the people involved would be on the mexico side this has happened before 2017 10 died found in the back of a big rig at a walmart parking lot in san antonio 2003 18 died found in the back of a truck uh but this one we now know is the deadliest human smuggling operation in u.s history we've never had a number uh, this high right now 51 and been going up it may go up more
5: yeah and i'm seeing a story which says it could have been as many as a hundred people in there yeah they, they there's so and, many questions too I, I, but i'm sure we don't have the answers yet how long was this trip how long were they stuffed in there trying to drive into the u.s do you they think? don't
7: know yet they, they think that they had been in there for a number of hours but because there were some people still kind of alive that it hadn't been overly long, maybe a number of hours, how quickly you would run out of air in a in a box with no airflow, no vents of any kind. It was sealed because it was made to be a refrigerated truck. So it sealed up to stay cold, like being in a freezer, but the the, the refrigerant didn't work. Um, the, the fire chief said today that prayer cards were all over the ground in Spanish in uh, in the the trailer when they found it, and and they don't know. There, there's a lot that they want to figure out. This immediately became political. Uh, Governor Abbott, before they had even announced uh, how many were found or that they had found any bodies in there, he used his unofficial Twitter account to uh, tweet out a, an article, I believe the Daily Mail, it was from some uh, news organization, blaming Biden for open borders. Immediately, his critics said, one, If the borders were open, why were they hiding in the back of a truck? And two, that, uh, you know, you always hear the we've had after a mass shooting too soon. People have died. Hold on that. People are grieving. And his critics were saying, look, they haven't even made the announcement yet. Uh, And it was being made political. But both sides are jumping on this, saying that this is a failure of the border for one reason or the other, depending on what side you come down on. And they've been going after each other today. So. Uh, Immediately, it has gone political, but still a lot. They don't know, we don't know, and HSI will be uh, trying to figure that out.
5: Well, and as you gave us the rundown, this has happened with different presidents and different immigration policies. This is nothing new where, unfortunately, we find dead people in a truck trying to get into the... Yeah, I mean, this is a fairly,
7: unfortunately, fairly common way. In fact, let me grab the uh, release they sent us a little while ago. The uh, Department of Justice... Uh, announced uh, maybe two hours ago. A Houston truck driver today admitted in court in uh, April that he came over the border. They say that when he was stopped uh, by at the, the checkpoint driving in that his face turned pale, his eyes became glossy, he sunk down into his seat. They asked him, what's in your the big rig trailer? He shrugged his shoulders and mumbled, I don't know. They looked in there, and he had 145 people in there on april 15th uh mostly from mexico 49 from guatemala five from honduras three from el salvador two from uh, ecuador so he's 73 years old by the way that driver and uh, was uh, driving in if he's found well he's already pled guilty uh what yeah. he was doing today but when he's sentenced 20 years in federal prison the max of what he could get two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine so it does happen and it's happened in history. Luckily, this one they found them. Nobody died. The the one in
5: in April, but the one last night, fifty one dead, and the number going up. And you said three people have been detained. They were just involved in the operation. They weren't the yeah. Actual... We don't
7: know their involvement yet. They're not technically arrested. At least mm-hmm. at last update, one the driver uh, likely is. The other two, the police chief said that they may or may not have been involved. They were trying to figure that out. Maybe they were running away from it. Maybe they were with the driver. Uh, but the the feds will figure that out. Police handed them over, and what their involvement was, we don't
5: know. All right, Alex, thank you for that report. You got it. Thanks, Ken. All right, Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI. About it's now 51 dead migrants found in the back of a tractor trailer in San Antonio, Texas. I'll talk a bit more about what he mentioned, the steak seasoning that they apparently spread over the people in the back of this truck, dead or alive, to try to mask the odor, which is... Hard to believe. And uh, another aspect of this truck, which is worth mentioning, and then the battle between the governor of Texas and Joe Biden over whose fault this is. John and Ken show, oh, as soon as I come back, chance for you to win some money with the keyword KFI AM640. Biden, as you know, is in Europe meeting with the G7 leaders. Tonight, of course, like all presidents like to do, it's a big gala with the Spanish, Spain's royal family, King Philippe. And apparently old Joe made a joke that uh, we both married way above our station. He said to the Spain's King Philippe and says, I may not go back to America, joking about his horrible polling numbers. Uh, We were talking to Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, about what was discovered last night in San Antonio, Texas, at least, and they're still releasing numbers. It started somewhere in the 40s, but now it's 51 migrants dead. They were stuffed in the back of a tractor trailer. It was supposedly a refrigeration truck. It may have been over 100 people in there. I guess there are some survivors. It's a big human smuggling tragedy. The report he mentioned, which is worth going over because it's hard to believe, but it seems that the drivers of this truck must have realized something wasn't right. The refrigeration component in the back wasn't working. There were no windows. These people basically died of heat stroke. So they pulled over and they realized there was so much death in there and they didn't want it to necessarily be discovered immediately. They sprinkled steak seasoning all over the victims in the truck, dead or alive. Uh, Is this in the playbook for human smuggling? This is what you're supposed to do. Um, It says that eventually, and as we said, there was a call made to police by someone who must have staggered out of the truck and was found in the road. Uh, The other part of this, which is worth mentioning, they took this truck and they cloned it from an actual registered truck company to make it evade detection. So basically what they did was they the owner of a local Alamo-based trucking company told the San Antonio Express News that they painted it to match one of his own trucks right down to copying the legal vehicle's Department of Transportation registration number. So they must have gone to the yard where this guy keeps his trucks and took photos, and then they just reproduced everything they could to make this truck look legit. Uh, Our reefer refrigerated trailer is sitting right in the yard, he said. That one in San Antonio is not our trailer. The truck in San Antonio was made to look like a real refrigerated truck, but there was no visible working AC unit on the rig. And as I talked about with Alex, first, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, said this is a result of Biden's open door policies. Biden, I guess from Europe, shot back that this is nothing but grandstanding But here's the truth. This is going to happen no matter who's president, no matter whose border policies, because there's a lot of people from Mexico and Central American countries and even South American countries and even Haiti and even beyond that. We see some people from Russia and also Ukraine coming here. They're desperate to get into the United States. As much as people hate the country right now because of guns and Roe versus Wade, um, there are many, many millions of people around the world who want to get here and are desperate to get here. What Trump tried to do was tamp down the response. But what Biden's done, millions have been encountered at the border since he's been president because the message goes loud and clear around the world that things have changed, that Trump's clampdown on migration is over. We have a new president. This president is more welcoming and accommodating to the world's migration. So come here. And yeah, This means that some will come to the border and ask for asylum and that counts in the encounter numbers. Others just walk into the country illegally or smuggled in here by the coyotes. But then you have this method using trucks disguised as uh, legitimate commercial businesses. And while that's happened, no matter who's been president, this is the worst one ever. And these smugglers can make money. So basically the pitch is, all right, if I get you into the U.S. with this president, don't worry. You won't be rounded up and deported. He's basically standing down on doing anything like that. So just pay us. You don't have to go to the rigmarole with applying for asylum or being turned away because of Title 42 or some other policy that they have at the border. I'll sneak you in. I'll get you in there in a truck and it'll be safe and it'll be quick. And that's how they're recruiting people. Uh, Apparently, the Biden administration just announced because there was another federal court that ruled that... uh, As far as deportation is concerned, he can't just stand down. He can't say what Obama said years ago, I'm only gonna deport the worst of the worst, violent, criminal, illegal aliens. And a judge said, well, that's not really what's in the law when it comes to deportation and what Congress has authorized. So the Biden administration did just announce that uh, they will stand down on that policy of limited deportations. But believe me, the truth is the message is clear. All over the world that this is a new regime, a new president, and there's a really good chance if we can get into America, you'll never have to leave. All right, coming up next, Steve Gregory is going to be on the show. The LAPD chief, Michael Moore, made some statements, a bit unusual considering it involves a lawsuit. An LAPD officer died. He suffered a spinal cord injury while he was training with other cops last month at the police academy. His name was Houston Tipping. And there was a very dramatic emotional funeral for him late last week. But uh, not long after that, his mother has filed a wrongful death suit against LAPD, claiming that the son was beaten. And Moore had something to say about that. John and kenshaw on KFI. And you're not going to believe this story coming up after five o'clock. I have an opportunity to talk to the uh, sheriff of uh, Tulare County, Mike Boudreau who is going to tell us the story of how a couple of drug traffickers who were caught with 150,000 fentanyl pills had been released. That's right. They were arrested for the possession of the pills. They were released. The sheriff doesn't even know about it. He didn't know about it. He knows about it now. He's going to talk about it. These two guys came from the state of Washington, released on their own recognizance. I don't think there's a pretty good chance you may not see them again. But anyway, We'll talk to the sheriff after the news at 5 o'clock and next hour. One last chance today to possibly win $1,000 with the keyword that you enter at the website for a chance at the money. Yesterday during the show, I had an opportunity to talk to the attorney for a woman by the name of Shirley Huffman. It's a wrongful death claim concerning the death of her son, Officer Houston Tipping. The 32-year-old man died after suffering a spinal cord injury while he was training with other officers last month. This is at the police academy in Elysian Park. The wrongful death suit says that this was some sort of a simulation of a mob exercise where not only did he suffer spinal cord injuries, but the family is claiming he was beaten pretty badly. Today, there was an unusual development because originally LAPD is like, well, we don't comment on lawsuits that are in process. But LAPD Chief Michael Moore did. Steve Gregory is going to come on and talk about what he said concerning this lawsuit. Steve.
8: Yeah, good afternoon, Ken. It is very unusual uh, for the department to comment on a claim that's just been filed, especially a wrongful death claim. But the chief said today, and these were comments he made to the police commission's weekly meeting this morning, and these are comments he made about the case. He kind of started out by saying he, he appreciated everyone showing up to the memorial last Friday for Officer Tipping. And then he sort of went into this sort of preamble about the fact that he doesn't normally comment on these things, but because of the media attention, and he specifically said because of details uh, released by Tipping's mother, he felt compelled in the interest of, of public transparency he felt compelled to come forward and make a couple comments. His death
3: occurred as a result, as you are aware, of an accident that occurred at Legion Park during a training class in which he was an instructor. Uh, and in the immediate aftermath that, of that, I directed Commander Steve Lurie of the off- Office of Constitutional Policing and Policy to conduct a comprehensive investigation into the accident, including recorded interviews of everyone present. That investigation is also reviewing the training course itself, including the curriculum, its history, safety precautions and other course requirements established by the California Peace Officers Standards and Training, also known as POST.
8: And then he went into exactly the the, the types of injuries that that Tipping received, and this is what made it unusual because he's giving factual information that usually they never give this early in an investigation. Briefly, I've reviewed uh, the points identified.
3: Officer Tipping did not sustain any laceration to the head, any uh, cut or otherwise to his head. Uh, when he and another officer during a training exercise fell to the ground.
8: And as you mentioned, I did listen to the interview also with uh, Bradley Gage yesterday. We used it in some of the KFI news pieces. And, you know, he was pretty graphic about it. I remember him saying at least three vertebrae were broken. and
5: Yeah, punctured lung, liver damage, broken livered, ribs.
8: Yeah, the whole nine yards. So the chief goes on to add to this.
3: Officer tipping was also not struck or beaten during this training session. He did grab or grapple with another officer and both fell to the ground, resulting in a
8: catastrophic
3: injury to his spinal
8: cord. And there you have it. And that's the chief's response to uh, the reports that have come out now with Houston tipping's mother. Uh, Well, isn't there an
5: autopsy that would settle this? Uh, Uh,
8: Sure. Uh, And presumably that will happen uh, pretty soon. And it will, it'll end up having a security hold on it. uh, because it'll be under investigation. Now, Steve Lurie, Commander Steve Lurie from the LAPD, if it goes to that level for investigation, then they know how important this is. Office of Constitutional Policing is an, an important part of the LAPD, as is it with any department. But uh, So this is going to be a very sensitive topic and issue, and I did again hear Bradley Gage's claim yesterday, and they are starkly different than what you heard the chief just talk about.
5: Yeah, this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because I know you have connections with the police can you even imagine what this training was? Simulate a mob? or Do you have any idea what they were doing? Yeah, so if,
8: if, if, it's the exact, if, the, if it's the training I'm aware of, it's called Mobile Field Force Training. And what they do is they solicit sometimes cadets or other officers to play the role of protesters. And then you've got the trainees. And then what they do is they have to engage amongst each other. And then the the whole idea is crowd control, crowd management, when to deploy less lethal rounds, when to deploy, le- you know, lethal rounds if necessary, whatever the case is. Right. But it is basically a, a mob riot scene, a scenario that's set up to simulate uh, kind of what happened over this past weekend and what happened in Echo Park. But um so this is a very common training, especially LAPD, because this market. But deals don't they with that
5: simulate, as you said? Do they actually like throw each other to the ground? Now, and in this case, they're making it sound like they beat on uh, Officer Tipping.
8: Now I have seen I have seen some of this types of training before, and in some cases because the trainees now they're going to have all their safety equipment on, and keep in mind Tipping was an instructor, so I'm not sure where he was at and what his role would have been during this scenario. But I have seen before where the officers playing the role of protesters will get aggressive and they will get physical. They'll push back. They'll, you know, they'll throw things because they know that the, the, the trainees are holding the shields and they've got their helmets on. They've got their protective gear on. Again, it had nothing to do, according to the chief. And from what I've seen with like throwing projectiles or pushing back, it looks as though when they grappled and maybe a trainee was trying to effect an arrest, uh, maybe tipping was playing the role of a protester. Is what, is what it sounded like to me, perhaps, and that then during that grappling, and they went to the ground. Tipping, you know, may, may have landed incorrectly or, you know, freak accident. But yeah, I have seen these trainings before, and and the idea is you have to sort of push it up to the to the ledge, but. I have personally never seen any of the training. I've, I've observed three of these mobile field force training scenarios. I've never seen them go sideways before.
5: And you said they do wear like safety equipment sure. to insulate themselves the from any bad injuries. Yeah, mm-hmm.
8: the trainees, uh, the trainees, the the ones I have observed in this particular mobile field force training, have always worn their protective gear.
5: Do you think somebody just got carried away?
8: I- I, don't, I, I can't speculate, Ken. Uh, I know.
5: Maybe I, tipping was too good at playing a protester or a police or officer a or whatever versa, he was doing. Whatever right. he was
8: doing, yeah. And I'm sure we'll get more. Now that the chief is starting to sort of counter the, the narrative a bit, uh, maybe we'll get more detail. And and now that this has come back up to the surface, I'm going to dig a little bit more to find out a little more if I can.
5: And I asked Bradley Gage yesterday about a video. Apparently, Moore is saying there is no video of this incident, not yet. Um, don't, I mean, don't they... They record uh, these training sessions? Not necessarily because there's so many
8: different training scenarios going on every day. I mean um, and if you've got an Academy class going on there's multiple classes and trainings going on constantly. It's, it does, it's just not feasible to be videotaping all this stuff. It, there's really nothing to benefit from it because you have instructors right there on the scene to give real-time feedback. So there really isn't a need to videotape per se. There might be instances where they'll go over video of certain some scenarios of stuff or case studies, but I've never known them to sit and record all this stuff. And they don't wear body worn cameras in training. Now, maybe that'll be something that comes out of this because right. I'm, you know, I guarantee you there will be changes as a result of this. Accident. Yeah, that's
5: what Moore is saying. We're going to review our training procedures. Right, and
8: then the commission, you know, after because this little segment of what Moore talked about was part of a bigger presentation that he gives every week. And then when they then they go back and then all the commissioners have their questions. And at least two of them in there wanted more detail about this. And they wanted, you know, the training to be put under close scrutiny to find out if this can be prevented in the future.
5: All right, Steve. Thanks a lot. You got it, man. Steve Gregory, KFI News on the update on the LAPD officer who died during a training session suffering spinal cord injuries. His mother has hired an attorney with a wrongful death lawsuit contending that it was more than just grappling and falling to the ground and hurting his spinal cord that it looked like he was badly beaten. LAPD Chief Michael Moore told the police commission that that's not what happened, but we'll have to see as the case plays out. More coming up on the John and Ken show here on KFI. I'm going to start next hour by talking to the sheriff of Tulare County up in Northern California. He is outraged because two men who were arrested for possessing 150,000 fentanyl pills were released Without his knowledge, it also appears from the story that the DA didn't know either. Uh, We'll have to find out how this happened and more detail on the story. These guys were from the state of Washington, and apparently they were pulled over and found to have all these pills in their car. And fentanyl, man, that is not good. Seems like every couple of years another drug comes along to really up... The seriousness of the whole drug problem and fentanyl's the latest because it's cheap and it can be very deadly. So we'll talk to the sheriff right after the news at five o'clock. So tomorrow during the show, if Deborah Mark walks out, I'll just have to say, "Oh well."
6: What do you mean?
5: Tomorrow is supposed to be the day of action to protest the Roe v. Wade decision.
6: Oh, oh, okay. All right. Act- so you'll be okay with me just walking out?
5: If that's what you want to do to exercise your, you know, right to free speech and right to join protest, what can I do?
6: That's true. You really can't do anything. But, you know, as a news person, I'm not going to comment on any of that. But I'll just tell you that I, I will be here tomorrow doing
5: my You're not going to walk out. Is that what you're saying right now?
6: I'm not going to walk out.
5: You can't be talked into it.
6: Well, no, I I have a job to do.
5: Yeah, I wonder how much of this, I mean... A lot of the media, particularly El Segundo Times, likes to talk to these protesters and activists. We have watched since Friday the number of people showing up in the streets dwindle. I think yesterday it was only a few hundred in downtown L.A., but one of the groups is calling on people to walk out of their workplace to show the ones that made this decision that if we are not granted our basic human rights, we will not continue to let this society function. Of course, I mentioned yesterday, other activist groups are calling on women to withhold sex from men. Oh, right. Unless, a, yeah. I know, unless they want to become pregnant, which isn't a problem for you because your husband's sick. That's but,
6: right. Yeah, I'm staying away, so I don't have to worry about sex for now.
5: Yeah, the Times mentioned at the end of this story covering the protests yesterday, it was just a few hundred people there. So <clears throat> this movement, like a lot of things in America, people are worked up for a few days and then they move on with their lives. Uh, A couple of interesting things have happened on the abortion front. Texas is one place that, well, would love to severely restrict abortions. But a judge there today blocked officials from enforcing a nearly century-old ban that the state's Republican attorney general said was back into effect after that U.S. Supreme Court decision. It's a temporary restraining order by a judge by the name of Christine Weems in Harris County, which is where Houston is, big cities. And apparently it was a last ditch bid by abortion providers to resume services after that Supreme Court decision. You see, for now, and in Texas, abortion is severely restricted. It's only allowed up to six weeks of pregnancy. That effect took effect. That law took effect in September and the US Supreme Court declined to block it. So with the Roe v. Wade decision on Friday, Texas is one of those states that enacted its trigger laws. These are laws that were designed to take effect and they were ready for the day Roe v. Wade was overturned. That means they can trigger these laws which severely restrict anybody from getting abortions. Uh, So 13 states like Texas did this, and um, apparently the people that want women to get abortions in Texas found the right judge. I think this also happened in Louisiana. It's a kind of an odd development, particularly in states that are gung-ho to limit abortion. But they were able to find a judge that at least is temporarily because one of the activists is saying in this news story, well, you know, any hour, any day where we can continue to provide people with abortions is a victory, even if this gets overturned pretty quickly. Uh, Yeah, apparently judges in Louisiana and Utah also blocked officials from enforcing their state's trigger bans. And uh, abortion providers in Idaho, Kentucky, and Mississippi are looking to do the same thing. So even where you think you see these red states, uh, these more religious states, which severely are against uh, women aborting fetuses, you do have within there bigger cities and judges Uh, it just goes to show you that so much of this is subjective, uh, especially when you're dealing with something that's not specifically protected in the Constitution, which is someone's right to abortion. Now, we're going to talk next hour about Dippity-Doo. Governor Gavin Newsom has really stepped it up. Uh, He was quick on the Uvalde shooting to really denounce guns. Now he has decided that with this decision from the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade, this is the next thing he'll glom on to. So he would like to make California a sanctuary state for abortions. In fact, the way the story is written, it looks like abortion tourism will be welcomed in California. Isn't that a nice thing? Is that a good advertising campaign? Come here for your abortion. We welcome you. It's really rather disgusting. Uh that this guy's out in front. He also apparently has taken ads out in the state of Florida because, again, in 2024, if Biden doesn't run, Newsom believes there's an opening and he believes his opponent might be the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. So he's using every opportunity he can to compare the two states. But now he's gone so far as to actually take ads out in the state of Florida. We'll see what's in them coming up. And a celebrity... A big celebrity has called out Newsom on the homeless. This is all coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But we begin by talking to a sheriff from up north in Tulare County about these two men who were nabbed with 150,000 fentanyl pills. And they've already been released on their own recognizance. Hard to believe, but that's California's criminal justice system these days. All right, Deborah Mark has the news now. KFI AM 640. 691-2173. Or download your free investors
4: guide now at dot com That's by legacygold.com.
0: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rapaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen.